unreasonable to expect a man to smell turkey dinner cooking for six hours and be in a condition to be hospitable to company. That's no excuse for you spoiling the tree before they get here. That popcorn will only make you hungrier. She sighed again and looked at the clock on the mantel. I do hope nothing has happened to keep Martha from coming. She doesn't have much fun stuck away up there in that rough mining camp since she finished high school in Denver. Pat laughed and slapped his knee resoundingly. <laughs> I'd like to see Sam and Ezra's faces when they get a glimpse of Martha. I told them she was an old maid schoolteacher with a wart on the end of her nose when I asked them to meet the train and bring her out. You didn't, Sally scolded. How will they know? They were just to ask any female lighting from the train if she happened to be Miss Martha Sutton from up Dusty Canyon. Dear me, I wish we had gone to meet her ourselves. There's nothing more miserable than sitting around waiting. Except to smell roast turkey and not be able to eat some of it, Pat interposed. He eased his hand in his pocket and brought out a fistful of popcorn, crammed it in his mouth. Sally laughed in spite of her anxiety, looking up into her husband's clear gray eyes. She was proud of his tall, strong body, and his handsome face was bronzed by wind and sun. She teased him occasionally about his square chin, but she secretly knew that it indicated strength and tenacity. After a moment of silent reflection, she said, It won't be long now before Martha and her father will move to Denver, thank goodness. She wrote that she had finally convinced him there was no sense hoarding all that gold dust and living like misers. Seems that Mr. Sutton wanted people to think he was poor as a church mouse for fear somebody would steal it. According to Martha, he must have half a million stored up, Pat reflected. There'll be hell to pay if the greasers and outlaws get wind of it. Pat... I'm afraid, Sally murmured. She suddenly sat up straight and tense, with her head tilted slightly. Shh, I think I hear them coming. She sprang lightly to her feet and rushed to the porch again. Pat came close behind her, picking up her coat and putting it around her shoulders. They both shaded their eyes against the bright glare of the sun on fresh white snow and looked up the road. It is them, she cried but I don't see anybody on the back seat of the buckboard, honey. You reckon Martha didn't come? Sally whirled to face him, her smooth, fair brow puckered in a worried frown. Something told me, Pat. I was afraid she wouldn't come. I have a hunch something is terribly wrong. You and your hunches, Pat grinned. It's woman's intuition, Sally maintained stoutly. Sam and Ezra will have some information, maybe. I expect she sent a letter by the conductor. I do hope nothing has happened, Sally breathed. She shaded her eyes again and watched as the old buckboard lumbered down the rough trail which led from the ranch gates two miles away to the house. The buckboard was close enough now for them to see. Ezra, red-haired and as big as Cyclops with his disfigured face, held the reins laxly, while Sam, who was short, stocky, and swarthy with a crooked hooked nose and a chin hidden by blue-black stubble, lazily tapped the team with a whip. The two buckskins, however, were wholly indifferent to the tapping. They loafed along, Sally declared, like a pair of crippled snails carrying packs on their backs. Pat and Sally went down the steps when the team finally stopped beside the porch. Merry Christmas, you old horn-toed two-gunners, Pat greeted them heartily. Howdy, you old yaller mushroom, red-headed Ezra drawled. His good eye roved to Sally's anxious face. Howdy, Sally. Merry Christmas. Sally's eyes shifted suspiciously from Sam to Ezra when she smelled a whiff of whiskey. She returned to Ezra's greeting, then asked quickly, 
Wasn't Martha on the train? No, em, said Sam. There weren't a female in the whole caboodle that got off at Hopewell. Did she send any word? Did you inquire of the conductor? No, em. I asked two, three fellers had they seen an old lady with a wart on her nose anywheres. Nobody hadn't seen her. Well, I don't need to ask where you two have been since the train came in. Sally contemplated the tip of Ezra's nose, which was as red as his bushy hair, then turned to Sam's bloodshot eyes with a reproving, Shame on you. Let's unhitch the horses and feed them so we can eat, Pat suggested hastily. He began loosening the traces. Sam, who sat fidgeting under Sally's accusing gaze, climbed stiffly down and helped Pat. Ezra caressed the scar which ran diagonally across one of his eyelids, closing it flat against his cheek and up his temple to the edge of his hair. Well, me and Sam was feeling plenty chilly, Miss Sally.